0: question. Did anybody check check Facebook today? Mm -hmm. All right, so here's the thing. I already did this because Facebook said we started at 6.30. So you guys weren't here and we went through it once real quick. So hopefully I'm going to do a little better job than the first time I did. So I I did get a chance to get a little bit of practice, okay? Okay. Well, it's on Facebook, so, you know, it must be so, right? Anything we read on Facebook has got to be real, right? Come on. All right, well, we'll we'll leave it for another day. All right, when I get an opportunity to stand before you guys, I just want to be an encourager. I just want to try to help you guys. As I go through the Bible, I see stuff that kind of hits me, and I say, whoa. So I want, I'd like to try to pass that on. Um, when you look at Barnabas, who was known as the son of encouragement, I want to be a Barnabas, right? No matter what goes on, I want to encourage people. Now, it hit me when I was looking at the word Barnabas that I'm wondering if encouragement is Nabus. Yeah, exactly. What? Because bar means son of. Mm-hmm. Okay. As in bar Jonah, bar Jesus, mm-hmm. bar nobis. I'd never thought about that before, but that's just a question. Things that make you go, hmm. Sometimes I got to do that. All right. So if you looked at our lead up for today, it had to do something about why we do what we do as believers. So before we can deal with why we do what we do, I guess we got to deal with some basic foundational stuff. So we have to look at number one, why were we created? And what I have here, um, Genesis one twenty six twenty seven. 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then in Genesis 3, 8a, it says, And they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So why were we created? We were created for relationship. God created us to be with him. God created for us to interact with him. You know, it it tends to be funny sometimes when you look at it because God could have created a bunch of robots. He could have made us do whatever we he wanted us to do, when he wanted us to do it, how he wanted us to do it. But God gave us free will. And you can't have a real relationship unless you have free will. So we had to have the free will to be able to embrace God or to reject God. So we were born, created for relationship. Now, how do we foster relationship? Okay, because I've got this in my notes, I've got to say it. Into me you see yeah, intimacy. me you say. Thank you, intimacy. Okay, vulnerability, openness, transparency. That's how we foster relationship. Have any of you ever had a relationship with a low down, dirty snake in the grass and never told the truth, did what he said they were want to do or anything else? Wasn't much of a relationship, right? So the basis of our relationship has to be intimacy. In Genesis 2:24 and 25. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Intimacy, vulnerability, total openness. That's true relationship. Now let's look at the breaking of the intimacy, the fall. In Genesis 3, 8b, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees of the garden then the lord god called adam and said to them where are you so he said i heard your voice in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked and hid myself so man's sin has now separated god or the relationship with god and god goes and asks him the question after that well who told you you were naked And then we get the whole this woman you gave me thing happening. So, but I'm going to leave that alone because I've got mostly young ladies here. So we'll zoom right ahead. How about that? Okay. So we found out why we were created. We were created for relationship. Now, what do we do since we were created? Why, what is our purpose in our being created. Psalm 145, 1 and 2. I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Now, there's a note on the word extol It means to praise. This word of praise means to be high above. On blessing, it says, foremost, however, blessing is a performance or a performative utterance or a speech act that brings good upon someone or something in contrast to, in contrast to cursing, which is malef- maleficent to its recipient. In other words, if we're blessing someone, we actually have to be speaking. It actually has to come out of our mouth. A lot of times people talk about blessing, well, I got blessed or someone's blessing me, and they're expecting something with their hand held out. But when you hear blessing in the Bible, we're blessing somebody. We're actually literally speaking well words to someone. Okay, so the question is, why do we do what we do? We do what we do, and by the way, if we haven't gotten it by now, what we do is we praise Now, here's one of these opportunities where, once again, I get to preach to the choir, almost literally, okay? So it's cool that you get to preach to the choir because they know, but I'm going to say it anyway, okay? So what we do, we praise. Why we do what we do? We praise. Why do we praise? Psalm 145, 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his generation and his greatness is unsearchable. The note on unsearchable in this verse actually says, Beyond our understanding. Now that's unsearchable. It's almost like more than we can ever ask or think. We can't even put it together in our head how great God is. How how much his greatness is unsearchable. Psalm 145, 4 and 5. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Now, this is kind of setting this up for our children. We should be speaking of God's greatness to our kids and building them up and helping them to understand who this God is that we serve, that we worship. Because at some point, our kids have to make the decision themselves that that's gonna be my God. So that's why we must build them up. We must show them through our speaking who our God is. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty. I always like to stop whenever I see the word meditate because to me meditate is the whole cow thing. You guys know the cow thing, right? Okay, Jackie's giving me the look, like, yeah, no. Okay, cows have how many stomachs? Four stomachs, right? Okay, so when a cow eats, a cow eats and its food goes into one of its stomachs, okay? And then at a later date, the cow brings back up what it chews and chews back on it, or what they say if you're from the country. What do they call it if you come to the country? You're, You're from the country. What do they say? The cow chooses cud. Okay, so it chooses cud and it transfers it to another stomach. So, but what the cow actually is doing is it's getting all of the nourishment out of what it ate over and over and over again. So to me, that's actually what meditating is. Meditating is, is rolling over what you're pondering, what the word of God says over and over and over again, getting every bit of the goodness that is in the word of God so you are able to take it in and it nourishes you okay? That's what's important. We meditate on the Word of God. We understand what he's saying. And and the funny thing, or the wonderful thing, actually, about the Word of God, the more we read it, every time we read it, we see something else in the very same words. So that's really, really cool. I will meditate on your glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, Psalm 145, 6 and 7. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Now the word utter, okay, is actually means eagerly utter or my note says eagerly utter or literally babble forth. Okay, so you just kind of can't, Control yourself. Sort of like diarrhea of the mouth. When I'm talking about God, I just got to say what I got to say. Have you ever been, you know, in in mixed company? You know what I mean by mixed company. Believers, non-believers, okay? And you're talking to them. And before you know it, the word of God has just babbled forth out of your lips. And they give you the look. What did they say? And then you got a chance to explain it. So that's cool too. All right. Psalm 145, 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Let's think about that for a second. Aren't you glad about that? Think about all the times you have messed up. Done something you've heard God say to you. Don't do that. (laughs) And whether you use the la, 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 I don't hear you, God. But his mercies endure forever. He's always right there for you when you get it right, when you're willing to say, you know what, Lord, missed it on that one. Psalm one forty five ten to thirteen. All your works shall praise all your works shall praise you, Lord, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of your glory of your kingdom, and talk of your power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts, and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Okay, so I've got uh, another verse I want to kind of go to, and and it's a reference to Mary when the angel came to her, and it's Luke one thirty three. I see one thirty three. Okay, then I made a mistake. I ain't too proud to babe. Come on now. All right, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom and and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to the messianic message of Daniel 2.44. There we go. And in the days of these kings, the God of heavens will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break into pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Praise God that God's got the story covered. Mm -hmm. Our God is coming. Our Savior is coming and everything is going to be all right. Mm -hmm. He will rule and reign and have a type of government that we can't even imagine based on righteousness and justice. Think about that. Wow. Can't wait. <laughs> all right. Psalm 145, 14, 16. It says, The Lord uphold, upholds all who fall and rises up all who are bowed down. His eyes The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. He upholds all who fall. He lifts you up when you find yourself bowed down. You ever have those times when you can't even hold your head up? God is there for you. And 15, it says, and you give them food in due season, you open your hand. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that one. Sometimes my head goes a little more than what my notes say. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm kind of thinking about the idea of us and doing programs, and I think that's one of the problems why I have with the programs because when you have social programs, people tend to look at what they get as coming from a social program as opposed to the real source of where they come from. And that is our God. Our God is our provider. Our God provides all that we need. And as we look to him and understand that it is, it is really him that's doing it, it straightens us out. Psalm 145.17, oh, real quick note, David gives us a wonderful example of speaking praises to our God, okay, that's one of the reasons that I like Psalms so much, because especially David's Psalms, he actually gets to, where he speaks out what God has done for him, we love singing, we love hymns, we love those type things but do we make them personal to us? Do we ever have times where we just say, you know what, God, I was just driving down the road, and you know, I'm a good driver, but that car came from out of nowhere. Or maybe he came from out of my blind spot. But either way, that car didn't hit me. That car didn't tear up my car. I didn't get hit because of that. God, you are an ever present help in my time of need. We need to work on how we actually verbalize our praises to God, how we talk about what He has done consistently and continually. Psalm 145, 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. Now, henceforth and evermore. He is righteous. The Lord is near all who call upon him to all who call upon him in truth. Okay. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. 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 Okay, so now we know why we were created to have relationship with God and we know what we were created to do as believers. Praise God. We've looked at why we do what we do Because he's worthy, because we learn of his nature, and because we understand just who he is through our praise. When you have a relationship and you speak well of people and you get to know people, it fills in the blanks. It fills in the voids of who they are. Real quick question. Does anybody like perks? Swag? (laughs) Loot? Booty? All right, it might be, yeah. Booty means something else now. I know, I know, I know, I know. But if I didn't say it, would it be me? Thank you. Okay, so we like stuff. So here's the question. Are there benefits to are praising God now if you're in a relationship with someone if you care for someone if they care for you what won't they do for you if you look at your children even if you got hard heads what won't you do for them But if you've got someone that you're in an active relationship and you're speaking good things to them, they're speaking good things to you, what will you not do for those people? Very little. Our biggest benefit is the relationship we develop with our God. All right, I got a ladies' question. Ladies, have you ever wanted to have a relationship with anyone who did not speak well of you? All right, just checking. Now, I'm asking the ladies first because they were created for relationship, right? Now, as for the guys, most times we don't have a clue, right? When it comes to relationship, we do us. But we find that we're attracted to those ladies who make us feel good about ourselves. All right? That's why you might see someone. You ever seen someone's like, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Okay, okay. can't go there. All right. Romans 8 31 through 39. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Selah. I know it's not a psalm, but Selah, let's just stop and camp there for a couple minutes. Okay. Meditate it. Chew on, chew some cud right now. Can we do that? If he's for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All right. I gotta say it again, right? Say la. Or like we used to say when we was in the world. Hold it. Let's just stop right there, okay? <sighs> who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Selah. Hmm. That's incredible. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet. In these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yet. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I, am persu- for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whoa. Mm, mm, mm. All right, I'm done. All right, a couple more things, a couple more things. Okay. Now, does God have good things to say about us? Because we talked about our praise to him and our, our saying, speaking good things to him, but does God have good things to say about us? All the time, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, over and over and over, God speaks of good things towards us even though we are us all right now I noticed this past Sunday pastor had a young people moment now I'm convinced that when things happened in the Bible it was not in the Queen's English it was not in King James English All right, so when Moses went up to talk to God about his people, he did not say, your people, Lord, who have done these atrocious things. He said, your people is acting up. I don't know what to do with your people. They're about to run me up out of here. Okay? Okay. I just like saying yo people sometimes. But then God turns to the yo people tables on Moses. And I know, because pastor was talking about, does God have emotions? Okay? So was God exasperated when he said, yo people are stiff-necked? Stand back, Moses, while I take them out and I create a whole new nation out of you? That's some emotion right there. Whoa, all right. But again, God still says good things about us. And just because we're talking about your people back in the Bible times does not mean that we don't have your people today (laughs) and all of us know your people. Am I right? Matter of fact, some of us have been (laughs) your people. In Zechariah 2.8, For such says the Lord of hosts, He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. God regards us as the apple of his eye. And when it says apple, the the note on that means the pupil of his eye, the center of his eye, the very essence of what is doing the observing. God has you as the center the way he looks at it. Mm, How much does he care for you? All right, so we're speaking good things to God. He's speaking good things to us. That equals... Relationship. All right. So now, what is the impact of a relationship? What are the benefits? What are the benefits of praise? Uh, how about number one? We do freedom. Our praise can bring about freedom. Acts sixteen twenty five and twenty six. The Philippian jailer. Mm -hmm. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Mm -hmm. Praise brings about Freedom. freedom. We have the victory through Christ Jesus, but our praise can bring about freedom. When you have these things that, that are pressing you down, that are, are making you feel like, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe at that point, what we need to do is start to speak out of our mouth mm-hmm. the praises of God. God the goodness of God, how God has never left you, how he's never forsaken you, how he's been there each and every time that you've needed him. How powerful is that? How much of a change will that bring about? You know, we talk about meditation. Well, the opposite of meditation is what? There it is. Worry is corrupted meditation. Meditation. Because instead of thinking and going over the goodness of God and the things that he does for you and what he's capable of doing, what we do is roll over our situation over and over and over and over and over and over over again until we are bound, tied up, entrapped, ensnared. It's the whole idea of what a trap or a snare is, something that has you moving around till you get so entangled that you can't get loose. So as we're meditating on what God does for us, we get freedom. Another one of the benefits we get is perspective. Through our praise, we get perspective. I had to throw this in because... I only wanted one verse, but this is my favorite psalm, so I got to do at least three of them. So Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Once again, we're speaking forth. I will bless you. I will speak well of you. I will speak of your attributes. I will speak of your exploits. I will speak of the things that you've done for me. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of and be glad. Okay, so I'm not just walking around. really No, I'm saying it so everybody's hearing it. Everybody understands what I have to say and why I'm saying what I'm saying and ultimately they will understand that this is the way you go this is what really makes a difference in somebody's life verse 3 oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together now the word magnify is an interesting word especially when you get to church world because in church world we like to say, you know, Lord, we're magnifying you. But here's a question: What does it really mean? What does that word really mean? Because, all right, I'll do it this way. Since I actually have the definition here from the Oxford English uh, Oxford English Dictionary, the Concise Oxford English Dictionary, it says magnify. Make something appear larger than it is, especially with a lens or a microscope. Increase or intensify. Then they have an archaic definition. Praise highly. Okay, that fits. But so often we think about magnify as we're making something larger than it is. Here's my question how can we make God larger than he is? Can't do it. Can't make it happen. So when we say magnify, what are we actually doing? We're praising, okay, we're praising highly, but also how about we're doing an adjustment. Instead of us making God bigger, we're increasing our understanding Of who God is. We're opening up our vision of who God is. So He's not being magnified, our thought process is being magnified. All right, I've got another uh, definition here, and this is more actually from the Hebrew. And this is really kind of cool. And it says, to make much of or to value highly. Now, that's magnifying when we're talking about our God. Okay? To make much of. And every time I say magnify, I go back to Children's Church because y'all almost got, you know, Hemmed up in children's church song. If I could get it to play, we'd be listening to it probably now, but I'm back to the whole idea of our God is a great big God. Our God is a great big God. He's taller than a skyscraper and deeper than a submarine. All right. Don't, I won't go on. I won't do it all for you. Okay. Once again, expand our vision of who God is. Luke 1.46. And we're talking about Mary. When she goes to hang out with Elizabeth for a while, and her words, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Now, the note on this, where it says magnifies, says, declares the greatness of. That works. My soul declares the greatness of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit showed up in Acts ten forty six. You didn't have that one? Okay, that's one me. <laughs> All right. We got to do something here. Come on. All right. Acts 10:46. And this is in the book of Acts at the time when the Holy Spirit showed up. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Once again, once again declaring the greatness of God. Now, because I haven't done it any other time and I feel compelled to do it, I gotta at least attempt to pronounce one Greek word. Okay, the word for magnify is pronounced Luno. I think I did that pretty good. I have it phonetically spelled out. Okay, so that's the word Luno that says they heard them magnify God, in other words, Declare the greatness of their God. See, here's the thing when God's in his proper perspective, nothing else really matters. If we are thinking about a great big God and understand what he's capable, what he will do for those that he loves. For those that he cares about. What you worried about? What's bothering you? We serve a great big God that delights in us, that delights in the relationship with us that delights that he has the opportunity to be with us for eternity. Selah. So now, that's why we do what we do. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to come before God's people today, that... You will be pleased with what I've had to say, Lord God, that we will practice speaking forth your praises of your goodness, of your majesty, of your splendor, that others will hear us speak of it, that other generations will hear us speak of your goodness, that as we understand more of who you are, we will do it all the more. And we thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.